This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. Join us, two women, a mother and a daughter, who talk about everything. It's science. Having a sister makes you a better person. Kate and Trish talk about this and so much more in this episode. And be warned that there's also some light discussion of sex and sexual harassment. Hey, Katie Bug. Hey, Mama. What's up? Eh, just just here to <laughs> record a podcast, you know. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> With who? Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> not my other children, because heaven forbid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whoa. <laughs> Coming out of the gate hot today. <laughs> yes. I wanted to talk about, or we had discussed talking about this article uh, saying, it's science, having sisters helps you become a better person? Yes. Uh, should we list Very off the, the ways that it says, based on science, that you become a better person? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think okay. it's a really interesting article. A sister gives you a mental health boost and makes you more compassionate. A sister helps you sharpen those interpersonal skills as well as your communication skills. Mm-hmm. A sister teaches you to be independent and ambitious and how to achieve balance. What exactly do sisters, not brothers, help you? Sorry. Why? I was like, that does not make sense. Why exactly do sisters, not brothers, help you achieve balance, though? It all has to do with emotional expression. Well, obviously, my favorite part of the article is that ending part where it talks about how this relates to sisters and not to brothers, because uh, women are the best. Let me just well, and you that have and get that out there. Three sisters, and so do I. So yes, yes. Um, I. I, I mean, I don't know. I like that. I like that. So overall, have... did you agree with what they had to say? I mean, it's science. I can't, I don't think I'm allowed <laughs> to disagree with it. Um, um, I don't you know. mean, if I've seen this exactly in my life, I don't know necessarily. Like, I don't, I don't know how I would be without my sisters. And I, True. I know that, um, most of this rang pretty true for me. There was a couple of them. I was like, mm, I mean, I could see that and I believe it, but I don't know if like, I can't think back to a memory or something that I had with my sisters that relates to that, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. You know, I found it interesting. The first part about sisters help protect their siblings from feeling lonely, unloved, guilty, self-conscious, and fearful. Uh, I feel like sometimes sisters can add to, Feeling lonely, unloved, guilty, and self-conscious. Not necessarily fearful, but... I mean, I I think that that's definitely true. But like it said kind of later in the article, I'm just assuming that this relates to that too. Like if, as long as there's positive, it will outweigh the negative. Yeah. Essentially, like as, you know, it it doesn't have to be a perfect sibling relationship, but as long as, as long as there is positiveness to it, positivity to it, then it will that will be what sticks. Yeah. I, so you often talk about how you're like the typical middle child yeah, and all that, you know, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what does, what does that mean to you? Like what qualities does the middle child bear that you have? Uh. <laughs> Besides feeling like you need attention. 
<laughs> um, I mean, I think that's the big one, right? Like, I'm the forgotten middle child is always a joke that I <laughs> make. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, the, the oldest came first and, you know, whatever that entails. And the youngest is the baby, the favored baby. And then there's the middle child that just kind of gets lost in the mix. You Did know? you really ever feel lost, though? In the mix? I... Yeah, of course I did. Otherwise, I wouldn't... Consider was, yourself was the... that? Yeah. Was that a rational thing for me to think? Probably not. But I did feel it. Yeah. It'll be interesting whenever I record with your sisters. Because I feel like they would say that you probably were the one that got the most attention. I feel like Danae would think that <laughs> Becca got the most attention. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I want to go more into the article, but also we kind of talked about this in episode one, just about how like me being the baby, I feel like no matter how I am outside of my sisterhood, when I'm with my sisters, I kind of automatically go into that role of Mm -hmm. being the baby. Do you feel that way too? I mean, I'm not the baby, so no. No, but I mean, do you feel like you fall into that role of being the middle, uh, somewhat insecure child or whatever you want say, to call it i wouldn't say insecure at least not anymore but i definitely i just this isn't quite fit for what i'm looking for but like like the leadership role or like the hierarchy kind of mm-hmm. we do fall into that very much like danae is very clearly the oldest that's so like making decisions yeah even if i even if i disagree i just have to kind of go along with what she's saying or thinking and then both of us kind of you know treat becca intentionally or not as like the baby you know like the the younger one that we're gonna I don't know I can't think of the words for what I'm looking for necessarily because it's not like we talked down to her like that's not what it is it's just like well she might think so (laughs) well she might but but I'm trying to think of what I mean here I don't I don't know I can't put my finger on it um hmm well I mean it doesn't help for Becca not just being the baby and both of you feeling like she probably got most attention if what you say is true about what Danae would think. But she also is just like dad. So that also adds to it. Whereas you guys are like, think like me, not necessarily uh, like me per se, but I mean, you're, you're the way you process and communicate is like me and the way she processes yeah. information and communicates is like dad. So exactly like dad to a T. Um, yeah. But, yeah. um, <laughs> I thought it was interesting too. like a sister helps you sharpen those interpersonal skills. Um, It's just an author from the sibling, the book called the sibling effect that they reference. But Mm -hmm. I I don't know that that's necessarily true. I feel like a lot of sisters have trouble communicating with each other. Or maybe it's just sometimes. But but isn't that why it helps you sharpen those skills? Because you, you have to work, you have to figure out how to work through those struggles. Like, isn't that what it says? Because um, that's what makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Not necessarily the interpersonal skills, but even if you have trouble communicating, like you're constantly working on it because you you tend to be closer with your, you know, like two sisters tend to be closer. Yeah. You are constantly, even if there's a problem, you're generally trying to find a way to communicate with one another. Yeah. Or find some playing field where you feel like you're equal and you can understand one another's opinions so, yeah, I mean, I guess. Sure, I'll change my, my aspect on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that, yeah, that's how it rings true to me. Like, I, 
you work through those struggles. And of course, obviously this, this article is coming from a place of assuming that you have a positive overall positive family relationships, right? Not like a totally uh, toxic situation at right. home. So that, that would make a difference. But if we're just looking at you know, like a, your average family, like those siblings are going to want to communicate with each other, which means that it, as they have problems, they're going to work through, they're not just going to let it sit. Like that's not really a normal thing you can do with your family. Well, in the, something not in the same way. It's, it's almost like it implies like there's a skill that you learn by having sisters and then you're done. But the, the thing of, especially about communication with any relationship, like even at my age, I'm still working on communication with my sisters because we mm-hmm. change and different situations required. Oh, wouldn't it be great if you could just like master communication with everyone and then that would be it. You wouldn't have to keep working on that skill. Do you feel like your sisters help you be independent and ambitious? Um, I don't know. Ambitious, yeah. I'm going to go with yes. Although the reason that I say yes is because I'm super competitive. So when one of them achieves something, I feel the need to achieve it too. Um, independent, I don't know. That's a tough question. I don't, like I said, I don't know what I'd be like without sisters. True. This, so uh, this article references a 2009 survey that British psychologists conducted and it says it is about that intrinsic desire to want to do better every time to strive towards goals it certainly seems there is something about the family situation with the number of girls in it that leads to more encouragement to achieve and be independent so it's almost as if what I'm I'm getting from that implication is that girls tend to encourage others And so, like, the more girls you have, the more likely you are going to have one or even just at least because it's not saying that every girl is encouraging, but the more girls there are, the more encouragement there is to achieve. I mean, that's true. My sisters have always uh, hyped me up. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that does make sense. I think even, I don't. I don't think anyone in my family has ever told me that I could not do something that I wanted to achieve. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it is even if maybe I couldn't. <laughs> it is interesting how common that is, though, for people to be like, I don't know, you know. So I don't is know. It? I no. feel like there are a lot of people out there that think. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, don't I guess. Know. I guess probably. Maybe sisters know. are just more real about it. Like, where other people are like, yeah, yeah, even if they think it's a bad idea, where sisters help you weigh the pros and cons and say you can do it, but here are the cons and pros. Mm-hmm. It's like I remember uh, when American Idol was like really big, watching it with you when I was younger, and you'd in the auditions you'd have those people that were just truly, truly terrible, like could not sing, mm-hmm. um, and you just wonder. And I remember you even saying this out loud, like, "How have you not had anyone in your life tell you that this was not a good path for you?" And so much so that you ended up here. You yeah. know. I don't remember saying that, but man, I, re- I remember it very clearly because I, I do remember thinking like, yeah, that's an important, like, I've got to remember to be honest with, with people, even if that can hurt because you don't want them to end up in this situation where they think they're a superstar. Like, exactly. Exactly. Um, not saying you need to not encourage people. However, like be realistic with them. Like if singing is your passion, let's get you classes or something, 
you know? Yes. Well, it's science either way. That's what you said. Yeah. That's what this says. It's, it's, Having you cannot sisters argue with it. helps you become a better person. One, Boom. Th- these studies cannot be disputed. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is, it's law now. I thought, I did think it was funny, though, that it said, research has found that brothers who grow up with sisters are better at communicating with women than those who are only children or have brothers. I'm like, duh. Like, you yeah. did a study for that? Is that just an American thing that we're so uncomfortable talking about sex? Or is that a... From what I understand, A worldwide yes. thing. From what I understand, it's pretty American. Hmm. Bottom line right, is, next, I assume next, that next we will have to have an episode we'll about, sex. about sex. Yeah, it's not even on the list of things to talk about. Well, it's about to be. <laughs> yeah, it's on your list. It's um, always on my list. Sex is always on my list. You oh, like geez. to talk about sex. I just, uh, I do, I do. I know. I mean, I don't mind talking about it, but I don't necessarily. I don't get uncomfortable talking with you guys about it, but. Um, there are certain things that I just would rather not know. I guess is probably. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to no. talk about my um, recent sex. experiences or anything. <laughs> yeah. I just, no. I know. I mean, it's I, just I like it's not like you want me to talk about my sexual sex education and stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I I probably care the least about story sex. My parents having sex stories than any other person I've ever met. It doesn't creep me out at all. Do you remember? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say, but yes, I remember. Because <laughs> I remember all of them. Well, I just remember you telling Becca, like, I don't know if we were driving in the car or at the dinner table, like, if you ever wake up in the middle of the night, don't go to dad and mom's room or something. <laughs> something to that. Don't listen at their door. I mean, our bathroom was right next to your door. I know, but you literally yeah. stood there and listened for a purpose. Anyways. I mean, I was going to get water, but yes, I did not rush to get the water once I was, I was like, what, what's happening? Oh my God. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you didn't say anything. You were just like the next day. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was a weird little kid. So I was thinking, uh, the other day about how, you know, we, we kind of had a conversation on one of the episodes about uh, wanting to have the favorite child, right? Like that's obviously a, a theme for our family is who's the favorite child. Everyone has their opinions. Everybody wants to be the favorite, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was talking with somebody about this, just one of my friends that's listening to the podcast, um, I kind of realized that I have this desire to be the favorite, like everything all the time in my life. Like not just favorite, like favorite boss, student. Oh, absolutely, yeah, uh, absolutely. Favorite friend. Like friend. I'm, I feel like I'm hoarding best friends, and I have uh, almost too many now, and I want to be all of their favorites. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, and it's it's funny because I, I like I I can really tangibly see it at work. Like I I do a lot of things to keep my employees happy, which is which is fine. You know, Starbucks absolutely encourages you to do that. So it's it's not like I'm doing anything that's going to get me in trouble. I'm not breaking any rules. But I I very much try to be, like, 
the fun boss, you know, like I'll text them when I see something that makes me think about them and I ask them about their lives and I make sure they know that they can come to me to vent if they need to. And again, not crossing any lines, but like I go out of my way to kind of like, I'm almost like fishing, like, oh, am I your favorite? Like, am I the best one you've had? Come on, come on. I'll, I'll give you that weekend off. You're just, never you going to forget me. You're going to be a <laughs> exactly. terrible parent. Are you going to try and be your... <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I worry about that because I, I feel like, you know, clearly I'm not at a point when I'm mature enough to be a parent because that's still such a, such a thing that I do. And then I'm like, am I ever going to shake it? I don't know. I was true. Like with people I date too, right? Like I want to be, you want to be the most like, memorable girlfriend they've ever had. Oh, absolutely. But not just for them. Like I want their parents to like, whatever happened with Kate, you know, like I want to be that one. <laughs> How's Kate doing? I don't know that you. (laughs) I don't think I'm ever going to shake this. (laughs) But where does that stem from? Like what? I have no idea. The middle child thing. I mean, it must. Whatever. I I don't know. I feel like you're falling back on that. I don't think you did anything. Like, I don't. don't, No, I I know I I didn't. (laughs) Right. Because I was a good mother. You were Uh, such a good mother. Oh, my gosh. No, I just think, hmm, it's really interesting because I feel like everyone has that desire, right? I, I don't think you're alone in having the desire to want to be favored or remembered. Uh, but it's just how much do you let that consume you can be the dangerous part, right? Yeah. Like, I can remember being in sales and like leaving a job but like so worried that like is anyone else going to take care of these people the same way I do like are they going to ask them about the you know like I mean maybe not as self-centered as I wanted them to love me but I was very concerned that nobody else would take care of them the way that I was but Mm -hmm. kind of I I don't know yeah how narcissistic do you scale yourself on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't think I don't think it's abnormal, right? I hope not. But do you think you're fake in order to get it? No. Are you not. afraid to crack down on an employee in order to be their quote unquote favorite? No. Well, I'm I'm lenient, definitely. Like, I have some partners who, there are other store managers that would have written them up for attendance a while ago, but instead of writing them up, I just have, like, a more informal conversation with them about it. And and once I see improvement, then I don't feel the need to, like, stress about it. I mean, I don't think that, it's not like I don't address it. It's not like I let it go, but I'm definitely a little bit more loose with it because I am so concerned about my, you know, partner's overall happiness at my store. But I will also say to counter that, I've got one of the lowest turnovers in the district. So actually I've got the lowest turnover in the district. Yeah, I think maybe I mean, you're, you're just obsessing about it a little too much. I mean, definitely there are probably some more like therapeutic type questions that need to be asked about how you handle it. But, <laughs> uh, but I feel like, you probably have a normal level of it, but because you're so, because especially since it's a funny conversation that we tease about within our family life, 
Because, of course, who do, I mean, like, I can't think of a situation where I wouldn't enjoy being the favorite. I don't know that I would, like, plan moves to be the favorite, like, employee or whatever. Like, I would, like, like oh, they're going to like me the best because I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring them something or, you know. But, I, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, if I felt like my boss thought I was the favorite, I'd love it, right? Of course. But I wouldn't necessarily plot my day around that. Or, as a student, I wouldn't try to be the teacher's favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sure. Is that something you think you would do? Like plot and manipulate to try to be the favorite? Manipulate? No. But like plan my moves? Yeah. I did that in <laughs> school for sure with my teachers. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. I mean, and there's a reason like the last, so a good example, like the last guy I dated was really close with his parents, right? So like before we were even like really officially dating, but I like when I knew it was going to happen, I... I was buying his parents all kinds of things. Like I went to Disneyland like three times and bought his parents stuff every time I went. Like his mom had a birthday and I like bought her gifts for her birthday, even though we weren't that close yet. Not necessarily, we weren't at that, we weren't at that closeness where I'd spent enough time with them where buying a gift necessarily made sense, but it was more like I am making this investment because I'm going to want you to like me long term. So I'm going to make yeah, sure that that, that happens. Yeah, that sounds like a problem. I'm going to be honest. I think... And I think the funny thing is people can see through that. Like I could smell that a mile away and I, it's an automatic turn off for me. But see, I'm, I'm not being ungenuine. Like it's, but you're doing it it with an end game in mind. I can, I can smell a rat a mile away. I, that is, I, I don't think that that's true. You don't think so? No, because the the way that I do it's, You're very defensive right now. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's not like that. It's not like, it's not like I'm giving it to you almost with a quid pro quo of like, you're going to like me later and that's in my mind. But it's like, there's this thing that I know you will like. And although this may to other people be a bit soon, I'm going to go ahead and give this to you because giving people things that they like makes me happy. And I hope that in return, I get favored. I, it's, it's a very fine line you're walking and it sounds like a lot of justification. So I'm going to say, I'm really good at that. I'm going to say it's possible, but I do want you to be aware that sometimes people can see through that and are just like, there's nothing "Uh." to see through. I just want you to like me. I don't see why that's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever watch leave it to beaver? No. Because there was the one character on there that was like always just so nice to the parents. And he was like the, biggest jerk pretty much and but see par- I'm not that person I'm <laughs> you're, not a big jerk you're like I'm freaking I, out right now <laughs> because I don't want it I don't because I realize there are people listening to this podcast who don't know me and I don't want them to think that I am like some manipulative jerk that's just trying to get away like that's not who I am I just I am a people pleaser and I'm a really nice good person and I just want you to know that immediately so you start to like me sooner than you otherwise would I don't know well maybe the example of buying gifts wasn't the best example to explain your uh side of the story I mean I I, maybe not cut it out (laughs) (laughs) edit that out (laughs) I don't want It's just what came to my mind. Like, right. It was, it was Christmas time and her birthday. And so I just bought the family gifts. Like it just, well, I mean, and you didn't say that either. So like, yeah, I mean, that's okay. 
as opposed to just like I randomly brought you this gift because I thought you'd like no, it. No, like it was and like I want you to love me. Please love me. Love me. Love me. <laughs> that, like that's I love you. Exactly what I wrote in the card. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> Dear God. No. I hope you're kidding. I, of course I'm kidding. I didn't get a card. Not even too formal. Um, no, like it, yeah, I, I bought them stuff. And then on those days, like gave nature, they had gifts for those holidays, like from Disneyland. Yeah. That's cool. It made sense. It made sense. I'm, I'm a good daughter and girlfriend and friend. And of course you are, but you're, I'm the you favorite. Know, it's okay to not be the favorite. It really it's is. not okay. I don't know. <laughs> like it bothers me. Like, I'm like, why though? Why well, am I, I am I'm sure so cool and good some... and funny. Why am I not the favorite? <laughs> Because everybody isn't everyone else's cup of tea, and it's okay. Yeah, I know. I've got plenty of friends, and I'm sure I'm not their favorite person. See? But the thing is, I think you can be someone's favorite, but they can still see your flaws and see their... So, sure. Like, I I'm feel not looking like... for somebody to, like... Right, but I mean, I think your idea of a favorite is that someone wouldn't know your flaws, right? Like... No, it, I, I mean, in a way, I like. Let's just say you're dating someone, and the mom tells that person, "Well, she is kind of like this," and he tells you, you'd be like spinning out of control because <laughs> 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 because you uh, okay, want yeah, to know using that example. Then yeah, I'm gonna agree with you, but not with my friend. <laughs> There's a whole like lot of butts in this conversation. But- I, it's just funny that you say that because you're totally right. Like I, I can actually think of the exact conversation, like that exact conversation has happened to me. And it just threw me for a loop. Like I was like, I don't understand. They, they, she must hate me then. Like, I don't understand. But that's what I'm telling you. Like it, it does, it's not an all or nothing game. It's not a game anyways, but and I, I mean. And I can see that. And I can see that in my closer friendships. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like there's a degree or a bubble in which that's allowed because I know you're to the point where you're going to love me anyway. If there's any question that you might <laughs> I've, not. I've manipulated and curated every carrot every time we spend together enough that now I don't feel insecure about you not liking <laughs> one aspect of me. I mean, yes, that's exactly what I This conversation did not go how I was thinking it was going to go. And I know you're going to be like, "Um, can we just leave that whole segment out of the podcast? No, this is me being brutally honest about myself. It's fine. This is therapeutic. You know, I'm getting it out there. Yeah. I mean, I think that you may have ventured into dangerous territory with your need to be the favorite. I I know that I have. This is not a surprise to me. That's why I discuss it with Before I got married, uh, so much sexual harassment. You know, when I was like yeah. 19, 19 to 22. I don't know if That's getting married crazy. has anything to do with it. Maybe I was just putting different vibes out there, but I mean. That's pretty crazy. I've, I've never been sexually harassed at work, thank God. Yeah, and it's weird. I mean, one guy, like, would say to me, every time we had a meeting, and I would, like, walk into the room or whatever, you're really tall. <laughs> And he like look, and I that was like his excuse for looking me up and down head to toe. Mm-hmm. You're, you're real tall. I mean, like five times in, I'm like, you haven't figured that out yet. Like, come on, like let's. Mm-hmm. I'm tall. I'm five. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly I'm, as tall as I was last time we did this. <laughs> and I'm only five eight. It's not like I'm six one or anything. Yeah, you know. 
just like, or even six feet. Like, no, you're just trying to check me out from head to toe, but whatever. And I always, it always made me feel so uncomfortable. I mean, then I was really young too. I probably wasn't even 21 yet. And I was just like, oh, you're making me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. And then I had another guy ask me um, if I wanted to, he was telling me about his family vacation he was getting ready to take. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Where are you guys going? Da, 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 da. And then he's like, why do you want to come? I mean, we could go, you know, you and I could go there, you know, next time. Like, basically saying, inviting me to go just with him another time to wherever they were going, Uh Tahoe or whatever it was. Uh And I was just like, no, ooh. Jeez, men. They got to at least try. Yeah. I mean, mean, at least that's what they're thinking. Got to at least try. Maybe she's me. But I was, I mean, and the weird thing is, like, then you feel like, well, I was asking him about his vacation, like, which is a total normal thing to do. But, like, I felt like I led him to that path. You know what I mean? The way that it all happened. Victim blaming. I know. Well, you're like, how do you get there? Because that's the furthest thing from my mind of. Because I men go are with... crazy. <laughs> men are crazy. We know this. Yeah. I had another boss that uh, when I first started working and I was a single mom, totally like offered to be my sugar daddy and set me up in an apartment and take care of me and my baby if I would but you you had a husband oh no you you weren't married at this point right okay yeah he was definitely offering me a setup I would take care of him he would take care of me wow yeah that actually happened what did you say um, I generally, is, is, is that dad was, is that your husband now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have never worked for your father. Um, I know it was just a joke. Don't I worry. Know. No, I think that I just was like, no, thanks. And just kind of laughed it off. Cause I like, it was one of those situations where I knew he was serious and he said it probably more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like, no, thanks. That's really funny. You were too attractive for your own good. Is it funny, though? I don't know if I was even attractive. I think it was just a thing. I think that's just who he was. Maybe he also took advantage of you being in a vulnerable position. I mean, that's definitely a thing that men do sometimes. But it was never. I mean, it was. I mean, in hindsight, it was awkward. But like we I worked there after that. Like it was never I never felt threatened by him or like I could be in a dangerous situation. But no, he, sure, he just but I'm sure just, he was. He was just I'm like sure saying, that he was hey. aware of the fact that you were in a position that made you vulnerable or susceptible to agreeing to, situ- to things like that. You know what I mean? Oh, 100 percent. And he could have just been testing to see who I was, but he was also kind of. Um, I think he and his wife were swingers at one time, and so there was, you know, mm-hmm. like it was. Mm-hmm. Or that could have just been like the build up to try to get me to say yes if I thought it was okay with his wife. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Turned him down. I mean, you know, a free apartment and groceries sounded kind of good. When you're a, a newly single mother, that can't be an easy thing to walk away from. I was never, I was never tempted by it. I always just feel like, yeah, whatever. I got this job. I'm good. Thanks. That's all I good need. Good for you. That's all I need from you. Good for you. Well, 
Well, I think that uh, I'm not sure how you're going to resolve this wanting to be favorite thing. You should probably try to get that under control because I, mean, I, I do try. People love real. I am real, <laughs> but I somehow don't do anything it, fake. <laughs> You should hear your tone when you respond because you're defensive. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm not being... Okay, I'll try this differently. I'm not being fake. I'm just being my best self. But you don't ever think that people... I don't think you are being your best self because I think people can see through... That There's you... nothing to see through. There's no ulterior motive. There is, a, oh, there is a motive. The motive is to be the favorite. Everyone has a motive for everything that they do. That's ridiculous. Okay, I'm going to think about that statement and see. I'm going to look inside myself and see if I have a motive for every single thing I do. Okay. I challenge you to do it. I'm going to. All right, well, let's pick this up next week then. Shoot. <laughs> I like this. I like how this is ending. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to think about it. Okay. I uh... can't wait to talk about it. I have a motive for every single thing I do. I'm trying to think. I mean, I know, obviously, I'm hungry, I eat. But um, my interactions with others. No, I'm going to say no. You, well, I mean. We've got, hey, no, no, no. We're, we have a week to figure it out. Okay. I'm going to check this out for a week. Yeah, we sure are. Can't wait. Can't wait. Okay, I have one last question for you. Okay. What kind of person do you think you'd be in the zombie apocalypse? A dead one. Seriously? Yeah, I wouldn't want to live in that environment. Like, if there was a chance that things could get better, then I'd stick it out. But once it got to the point of, like, it was, it's clear that we have to murder other people to, to survive and, like... Darwinism and all. I, I wouldn't want to survive in that. I just wouldn't. I, I don't. Well, I mean, like at I the beginning, before it's humanity. decided, before you know, before you know that there's <sighs> okay. no space, um, safe space, are you going to be compassionate? I, are you going to share all your food? Yeah. Are you going to kill I, everybody I'm, you can? Are you no, going to trust very, no one? I'm a leader and I'm very empathetic. So I would have a group of probably broken people with me realistically <laughs> people who needed a leader mm. and I would be that leader and we'd probably die relatively quickly because I would want to be taking on more than I could handle more people than I could feed and all that stuff but I wouldn't be able to say no to anyone without good reason yeah I just couldn't do it it's a fine line I mean to me dad and I were just talking about this and dad's like I would be so tough and I'm like you know what you're too nice and totally he'd be totally empathetic and I'd be like nope Heck no, you're hitting the road. I'm on, you know, like I would trust no one and I'd have a gun or at least or something. I mean, th see, that's the hard part. Like I, I feel like if, if I give up my humanity, then what's the point? And my humanity would be to help people that needed help. But I, I'm not saying I couldn't help people, but I'm just saying I would help them and I'd move on if I could help them and I wouldn't trust them. But Trust. what if to help them, they would need to go with you? What if? Case by alone? case. It's a case by case. Okay. But I wouldn't All hesitate right. to fair. shoot them in the brain if I had to. <laughs> fair enough. See, I feel like realistically, I would, 
because I've thought about this, like as ridiculous <laughs> as that is, like I, I know I, I'm pretty confident that I would be a leader because I've never been in any other role. Like it's difficult for me. Unless to you're with Danae, then Danae would be the leader. Boom. <laughs> uh, I think Danae and I share leadership pretty well. Like we're we're pretty good at like communicating with each other most of the time to come up with a plan. So I feel like that would be pretty true. I, I'm never just a follower. I guess I should put it that way. I might not be the only leader, but I would never be just a follower. I just couldn't do it. Um, but I would get to you. Like that would be my goal would be to get to Vacaville to get to you. Yeah. And then so. I'd probably shoot you in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> because you didn't want to live through it. So I feel empathetic. <laughs> That's my nurturing. Okay. She doesn't want to be a part of this. I'm just going to shoot her, <laughs> Put her before it gets too bad. You, Have fun. <laughs> okay. Well, that was my last question for you. Fun. Good question. <laughs> As always, we want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper, who provides the music we use in our episodes. The song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com. Head on over to grownupandgrounded.com. There you will find links to all our episodes, some blog posts, and you can even email us. We'd love it if you sent us some topics you'd like us to discuss, or shared some family stories. You can even just say hi. Then you were saying goodnight and I love you and then, you know, stuff started happening. I mean, you had to have been standing there for a while. We didn't usually just I'm, jump right I'm into sure it. I'm sure that I was. I'm sure that I was. <laughs> you were probably like sitting on the floor with popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> quite like that <laughs> oh but was it <laughs> no <laughs> in fact I remember like driving like feeling like I was gonna vomit and I still couldn't move <laughs> <laughs> so where did it come from how did this happen what's wrong with me I don't know the answer to any of those questions <laughs>